Jack Mercer's fingers danced over the keyboard as he input the final line of code. A torrent of algorithms cascaded across the monitor, algorithms he'd spent sleepless nights perfecting. His gaze shifted to the mechanical behemoth that occupied most of his underground lab, the metallic cube, a time-locked room of his own design. Pulse racing, he swiveled his chair to the control panel, flipped open the glass cover, and firmly pressed the red ignition button. Cooling systems roared to life, power indicators leapt into the green zone, and, as the energy levels reached their peak, a translucent barrier materialized around the cube. For a second, the engineer allowed himself a small smile, a fleeting moment of triumph. But his instincts kicked in, Jack immediately turned back to his monitor and pulled up diagnostic reports. Every variable, every equation, and every output had to be flawless. The data scrolled past, no errors, no hiccups. Everything was perfect. He grabbed his protective gear hanging on a nearby rack. Designed with a blend of Kevlar and integrated biometric sensors, this wasn't some off-the-shelf protective suit. It was a piece of art, engineered to withstand both temporal anomalies and physical stress. Jack slipped into the suit, fastened the gloves, and secured the helmet. A heads-up display flickered to life on his visor, directly interfacing with the room's control systems. The air inside the room seemed to pulse with potential. The gravity of what he was about to do weighed heavily on him for a split second, then vanished as he forced it from his mind. With a flick of his wrist, he toggled the room's time dilation settings via his suit's interface. The walls of the cube started to shimmer, a mirage of wavy lines that seemed to distort the very fabric of reality. On his monitors, the parameters ramped up, locking into their new values. That's when it happened. His heads-up display began showing real-time footage of the world outside the room, except real-time took on a different meaning within those walls. It was a hyperlapse. A fast-forward reel of reality, sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset. Blooms of flowers unfolded and withered away, all in the span of a heartbeat. A sense of invincibility flooded through him. He had done it, he had shattered one of the most fundamental rules of existence. But then, just as quickly, his display flickered. Data streams glitched, numbers flipped erratically. Warning icons flashed, red and urgent, followed by alarms that echoed through his helmet. Something was very wrong. The room, designed to be his magnum opus, now threatened to become his eternal prison. Jack's heart sank as he braced himself for the unknown, his fingers already flying over the controls in a desperate attempt to regain control. Time, it seemed, was not to be trifled with. And Jack Mercer was about to learn that lesson in the harshest way possible. A cascade of alarms filled the small, confined space of the metallic cube, turning it into a cacophony of dread. Jack's fingers flew across the tactile interface projected onto his suit's arm panel, but the system was stubbornly unresponsive. Each command prompt returned with a red access denied flag. A surge of panic surged through him, rivulets of sweat forming on his forehead, despite the suit's climate control. 
On the large display screen at the far end of the room, the time-lapse of the world outside continued to whirl at a dizzying pace. Skyscrapers rose from the ground like sprouting plants, only to crumble into ruins almost instantly. Forests blossomed and were swallowed by flames in the blink of an eye, before regenerating once more. Oceans receded, glaciers melted, and, somewhere amidst the chaos, a meteorite struck a continent, lighting up the screen with a burst of fire and smoke. The very room around him began to display signs of deterioration and damage. His state-of-the-art machinery, his meticulously arranged tools, and even his computer servers started to decay. Metal corroded, plastic became brittle and shattered, and circuits fried and melted. The paint on the walls bubbled, cracked, and peeled away, layer by layer, revealing a grim timeline of deterioration. But, throughout all this, the time-lock barrier remained unaffected, holding him in his rapidly decaying cage. Jack felt the creeping fingers of despair, but he forced himself to focus. He ripped open a floor panel, and began manually rewiring the circuits. Sparks flew, cables sizzled, but still no change. In a fit of desperate fury, he grabbed a wrench and smashed a control panel, hoping to trigger a failsafe or an emergency override. All he got was more sparks and another error message. Then, as if the universe decided to throw him a lifeline, something clicked, a sequence of code, previously hidden and ignored in the original algorithms, now presented itself as a viable loophole. A way to hijack the room's control systems. Heart pounding, he returned to the interface, fingers trembling over the projected keys. He input the new sequence, bypassing firewalls and security measures he himself had put in place. For a moment, nothing happened, then, the shimmering barrier around the cube wavered, like a mirage fading under intense heat. It flickered once, twice, and then vanished. Every muscle in his body coiled like a spring. With a sudden burst of energy, Jack lunged towards the room's door, ignoring the stinging sensation of his hand, as he gripped the heated handle. He tore the door open with a strength born of desperation, and sprinted into the open lab that lay outside. He had escaped the time-locked room, but at what cost? And more importantly, what world had he just stepped into? The moment Jack stepped out of his lab, he realized the scope of the calamity he'd unleashed, or rather, the calamity he'd avoided while the rest of the world suffered. His underground lab had transformed into a twisted Eden, a sanctuary where time had wrought its havoc unchecked. Shattered glass and fallen debris littered the ground, while vines, rich with foliage, threaded through the cracks and crevices. Animals that bore little resemblance to anything he'd ever seen scurried through the underbrush, fleeing at his approach. He forced himself to venture outside, climbing up a makeshift path that had once been a state-of-the-art elevator shaft. When he reached the surface, he was met with an alien landscape. What had been cities were now overgrown jungles, concrete and steel had given way to trees and vines. Skyscrapers, once the pinnacle of human engineering, stood like decrepit skeletons, half-submerged in rampant vegetation. The sun flickered through the canopy above, 
casting fragmented rays that made everything look like a shattered mosaic. No humans. No chatter, no vehicles, no distant sounds of civilization, just the symphony of an untamed world. All that remained were echoes, not of voices, but of the land itself, the cawing of strange birds, the rustling of unknown creatures, and the incessant hum of insects. Ignoring the swelling dread, Jack pushed through thickets and navigated around pools of murky water. He had no map, no GPS, no technology to guide him, only his instincts. Survival became his immediate goal, and each moment was a brutal test. He scavenged for edible plants, avoided poisonous berries, and dodged encounters with predatory beasts that had probably never seen a human before. Once, he barely escaped a swarm of flying creatures, something like oversized hornets but with serrated tails, by diving into a cave and sealing the entrance with debris. Days turned into weeks. Driven by a mixture of determination and desperation, he finally located what was once a public library, now more akin to an ancient tomb of forgotten knowledge. Most of the books had decayed, but some, sealed in plastic or locked in fireproof cases, had survived the merciless hands of time. He broke the locks, and began to sift through the surviving volumes, his fingers leaving prints on the brittle pages. In a faded atlas, amid cryptic diagrams and handwritten notes, he found it, a mention of the last sanctuary. Sketchy details described it as a utopian haven, a place constructed by humans in the final days to escape a dying planet. A location where, theoretically, any remaining semblance of mankind might have taken refuge. Coordinates were scribbled in the margins, barely legible but unmistakable. His heart pounding with a strange blend of hope, and trepidation, Jack seized the atlas and a few other useful volumes, and made preparations to set out. He had an objective, a tiny glimmer of hope in a world that had been plunged into despair. Undeterred by the treacherous terrain and insurmountable odds, Jack soldiered on. Crossing swamps where the water itself seemed alive with unknown organisms, scaling jagged mountains that tore at his specialized suit, and traversing endless deserts that tested his limits of endurance, he carried the hope of humanity on his shoulders, though he knew not what remained of it. His eyes, so used to decoding the dangers of nature, caught the almost imperceptible outline of a structure embedded within a mountain. It was the sanctuary. The coordinates were accurate. Trembling with anticipation and exhaustion, Jack approached the ancient console beside the gargantuan vault door. His fingers danced over the dusty keys, triggering mechanisms that hadn't been activated in, who knows how long. The vault door groaned, its gears and levers fighting against years of rust and disrepair, but, finally, it gave way. As the door opened, his heart soared at the sight that greeted him, a cavernous room filled with rows upon rows of stasis pods, just like the one he'd built, only on a much grander scale. Human figures lay inside them, serene and preserved, as if sleeping through the apocalypse. A wash of relief flowed through him, he wasn't alone. His eyes then caught a second console, situated on a platform overlooking the stasis pods. A screen displayed operational stats, 
and a scrolling log. Jack approached, and, with a heavy feeling in the pit of his stomach, scanned the horrifying words, Project Lifespan, Cycle Complete. Reintegration failed. Initiating biological recycling. He had no time to process what that meant before the pods sprang open. Instead of waking up, the bodies within them disintegrated into fine particles of dust, which were promptly vacuumed into vents on the floor. Before his eyes, the particles were reassembled into a complex network of biological circuits that meshed seamlessly with the walls of the chamber. A new prompt appeared on the console, Welcome Home. It struck him then, like a bolt of lightning, he hadn't escaped his own invention, he stumbled upon its final form. In a horrifying twist, he understood that he was never the master of time, he was its eternal subject. Just as he made sense of it all, he felt his own body atomize, breaking down into the microscopic particles that were his new reality. His consciousness flowed into the biological circuits, merging with the collective knowledge and experience of those who'd come before him. The vault door rumbled shut, locking away its latest addition. The system reset, and the cycle of time began anew. Jack Mercer, the engineer who thought he could master time, became both its first and last victim, forever a part of the intricate web he'd unwittingly created.